in the early 2000s. A global climate crisis emerged from humankind's disregard for the Earth and its natural systems. Scientists warned of an apocalypse the likes of which could eradicate human existence. The blaming began, with the leaders of many powerful nations pointing fingers at each other. Eventually, war erupted, and deadly nuclear salvos fired from the biggest superpowers ravaged much of the Earth, destroying and irradiating large portions of its surface. Certain major cities survived, and from the ashes rose again. The survivors did what they could, utilizing the resources of a few very wealthy corporations to combat the climate crisis. For almost a century, civilization has survived, hobbled together with corporate governance, and expanded to the few sections of the globe still viable for sustaining human life. Antarctica, once an inhospitable frozen tundra, has become one such bastion for human life. Colonized by a Scottish arms corporation called Militech, Pilatus Antarctica is a thriving metropolis of the future. Last time, on Roll Warriors. The associates enter Sahara Corps with all of the fortitude they can muster. Abel, ever the pessimist, seeks to be free from her phoenix chip, the one thing still tying her to this soulless corporation, while naturally, she expects ruin. Saul, confused but determined, seeks to return his long-lost and new-found companion Phoebe to her rightful body. Soifangji, quickly succumbing to cyberpsychosis, seeks what she has always sought, proof that she is the greatest netrunner to ever live, and vengeance against the one person who has haunted her life from its beginning, her mother. Three associates and a ghost enter, but will any of them ever leave? All right, so Fangji. Yes. You, um, you were taking down the data wall with, uh, with Worm, and you see the last of it come down. On the other side is a floating orb with an eye. And it zooms in your direction. Ooh, okay. Um, Alright, do I have to roll initiative? Uh, well, we've already dis- established that the uh, Hellfire just gets you going first. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I'm not sure what this thing is doing. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and like start off by zapping it. Okay. Yeah, give me an attack roll. Six. Sixteen. Okay, that hits. Do the damage. Okay. Zap is 2d6, right? Uh, I believe it's just the one. Um, let me see. Yep, it's it's 1d6. Ah, okay. Well, I rolled a four. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's still, uh, zooming towards you, and it's gonna get to act. You take, uh, two damage to the brain. And that tickled my brain. 
And on your next turn, uh, you uh, have your net actions reduced by two. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh my god, so that means that I only have four net actions. That's lame. Okay. All right. You may retaliate. Okay. Um. This this thing's just like kind of blinking and blooping. And okay, that's it. I'm I'm bringing out the big guns now. So I'm just going to angrily. I'm zapping. I'm zapping against this program. I was like looking at my programs and I'm like, wait, these are all anti-personnel. Okay, zap. I'm zapping again. Okay. Give me the roll. Seven seventeen. Oh, okay. Yeah, that hits. Oh, okay. Come on, come on, come on. Double whammy, double whammy, double whammy. Six! Cool. Uh, yeah, this, you, you zap this thing and, uh, it glitters out of, um, out of existence. Alright, and, okay, um, I'm going to use a net action. I kind of want to use Pathfinder just, sure. to, just to see if there's any, like, I don't know if there's, like, hidden back doors or anything that I can use, or if I have to use, like, the only, like, the singular way. Yeah. Well, Pathfinder also gives you, tells you how many floors, you know, what you can expect on the floors. Okay. So I'm a Pathfinder. What am I looking at? I wrote a seven. So 17. 17. Um, you can see the next uh, four floors. Um, the next floor has a dweller. The floor after that has some sort of control panel. Uh, the floor after that has a, another dweller, and the floor after that has a um, a black ice program. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to dwell on the tidbits, and go ahead and head to the next floor. And you walk into this, uh, this chamber above on the second floor, and um, the entire chamber is colored like this kind of... Uh, kind of greeny blue um aquamarine and a equally aquamarine uh avatar is just sitting cross-legged in the middle of the chamber and when you enter uh looks up with its kind of featureless face uh and says welcome sui feng ji i'm happy to be expected so, how does it feel to be destroyed by the best netrunner that ever will be? I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Well, you're gonna find out very soon. And then Soifunji gets ready and uses her last net action to... Kind of be a bitch. So I'm gonna use Deck Rash and see if I can kick his ass out of the net, because I don't really have time for him. Alright, ooh. Okay, I only rolled a 3. So, interface 10, that's 13. Um, they rolled an 18 to defend against it. <laughs> I'm talking all this shit. I rolled a 13. Okay. Okay, so what happens? Uh, well, you don't deck rash them, um, and they're going to retaliate with their three net actions. So the first thing they do is, uh, they pull up a flak. Um, so like this, this jacket of, of energy kind of shoots around them. And then um, they are going to send a uh, deck crash your direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have to do a defense roll? Yes. All right, my reflex is nine. 18. 18. Uh, 
just shy. Okay, so I'm down. I'm down for the count. Uh, you are forcibly jacked out. Okay, as Sofungi is jacked out, she's like trying to kind of get her brain back together, and she sends a message to everyone's agent. Um, of course, arriving corresponding with like the same time everything is happening. Um, fuck. Um, this just got complicated. Um, temporarily, forcibly jacked out. Everyone, um, stay in your guard until I get back in. You are still standing in this room, um this kind of like dark storage room with a cryo tube. Uh, and Phoebe is now wearing um, Abel's jacket as their own, as, as her only clothes. Abel. I didn't Abel. wear, I don't wear two pairs of pants. I, I was going to ask you for another pair of pants. I just really hope that everything's going well with Soy Fanji and that, you know, she hasn't been forcibly kicked out of the net for any such reason. And then we get the text. I think... <laughs> I think things are not going well with Sufanji and that they may have just gotten forcibly jacked out. Oh, fuck, I jinxed it. Um, should we should we wait for Soy to get back in the net and try to do something, or should we just go? Like, I, I don't... I'm not sure what, like, the best call here is. Well, where are we headed next, Sol? We gotta go up to R&D Lab, and that's up on the... Is it on a, an upper floor? Because we're in the basement right now. Yeah. Well, it's on the main floor. Okay. we got to get back up on the main floor, because that's where the R&D lab is. Phoebe, can you walk? Um, My legs are... Well, it's weird to have legs. Um, I think so. I might need to lean on somebody until my muscle gets back in. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it, my legs have been asleep for like years and just kind of give try to convey through my look are, are you comfortable with holding her or do you want me to I, I, like I, just sort of like giving him a eh? kind of look do we have like a big ass duffel bag or something I mean you could look around there's a lot of weird shit in this room you just yes, got her out of a tube and you want to put her back into a duffel bag but that that might be the best way. We told the guards that we were down here because of um, Sofanji's mom, right? I mean, they're expecting us to come back out with something. So yeah, if we, I mean, we work in a fucking biotech bullshit lab with crap and bullshit. I mean, I feel like a naked-ass woman walking out of a storage unit isn't the weirdest shit that they've probably seen people drag out of the cold. I don't... Um, and if it is, I'll punch them in the back of the neck and take their pants. That's a good plan. I'm also going to look for a duffel bag, though. Just just in case. Good, yeah, we can shove the guard in a duffel bag. Yeah. Saul's going to look for a duffel bag. <laughs> Alright, give me like a... You know what it is. Investigation? Is that the, is that the term they use in this game? Yeah, see if you can um, find some pants, too, Saul. Okay. Alright. Um, I got... I got, like, perception. Yeah, that's close enough. And while he's doing that, I'm gonna ask Phoebe some questions. Yeah. Okay. 
I got a 20 flat on perception. Um, yeah, so there's like definitely a, a section of this room that's got some like um, lab, extra lab gear. <laughs> um, so you're like looking through for pants. Um, go ahead, uh, Abel. Hey, um, it's, it's Phoebe, right? Yes, I, I think so. I mean, Saul's name changes everybody he gets into, so not that he's gotten into a lot of bodies, or that, like, that's an innuendo for anything, or, like, do you remember anything about how you got stuck in that tube? I I remember the two of us trying to, uh, not the two, you and me, I mean, obviously, I meant uh, uh, James, um, we, Jimmy? Uh, James. He was never a, a Jimmy kind of person. Hi, Maze on um, the weekends. But, uh, th- yeah, we were working on the, the prototype for, for Phoenix, and um, we were kind of running out of test subjects, uh, people who were willing to, to, to sign on and test it. Uh, and he, we volunteered me because I was, well, I was dying. Um, which, and she's like, feels her head. She says, oh, that's new. So I'm going to just glance around. Does she have a Phoenix chip in, in the back of her neck? Yeah. With a scarf or one? And I mean, is her like head shaved or like what's her, what's her physical state? Um, so her hair, her hair has, uh, She's been in like kind of cryo sleep, but her hair has grown a little bit. I mean, she was almost completely bald um, before, and so now she's kind of got like uh, kind of got like almost um, to the shoulder uh, hair. So, are you like are you cured or you still sick? I don't feel the pressure that I was feeling before. I'm gonna guess, physiologically, I'm uh, fit as a fiddle. Do you know? Aside from the muscle atrophy. Do you know how you got like mind links with Jimmy Boy over here? I'm not entirely sure. When I when we were developing this project, it was still kind of a uh, in its early stages. Um, he might have told you about Janet. Uh, uh, we're still confused about what happened to her. Does Salt hear that? Yeah, you're in the you're in the room. Salt, do you know a Janet? The the each time you guys say the name Janet, uh, he'll kind of like stop searching as hard, and then each time subsequently he hears the name, he starts to get a bit of more of a headache. I don't, I don't know what happened, to Janet. But every time, like every time you say her name, I start to get. I start to feel funny. Huh. Eh? That's certainly strange. The name Janet? Like a guilt? Gives you a headache? Uh, y- yeah. Like when I say Janet? Ow. Fuck it, it, stop what, it. What if I say Janet? Is it just Janet? Janie? I, th- I think it's specifically the name Janet and me thinking about Janet. Is this Ow. a fucking mental block? I don't I, know. Should I continue saying Janet? I, Is this important? I don't know. Please stop. My head hurts now. I was just looking for shoes and shit. Or pants, I guess. Uh, I can't even remember. Phoebe, who the fuck is Janet? 
So how many women do you have living in your head? I don't fucking know. Janet was one of our earliest test subjects. Um, uh, sorry, James. I I have to say her name to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Um, hum to myself over here. I, she, we we tried a we tried a, a consciousness transfer um, from her to uh, kind of just a, v- a vessel that we had uh, waiting, and a we, vessel. And yes, a, a rough android. Um, just something to we we hadn't developed enough phoenix chips to um you know put them in in cadavers willy-nilly um so it was just a it was a rough android uh, just something to to test the waters to see you know the limitations of things and um she had signed off on it of course she was like i was uh she was dying um she had uh an, an incurable um, disease and we did the consciousness transfer and she was just gone we don't know where so like stuck in transit like a fucking ghost net terminal like, a, like, like the just... signal had the signal had cut out you know part way through is, is the best way that I could describe it. So, I mean, is she just sitting in some internet airport sipping a martini waiting for her flight, or is she, like, gone? I wish I knew when I when I became, well, for all intents and purposes, and it's not very scientific, but I've kind of adopted the name Ghost. While I was a ghost, uh, I looked for her, I did, um, just to see, you know, maybe if I could find her, uh, maybe I could pull her out. Uh, but then when it was clear that I didn't, I couldn't find her and I couldn't even pull myself out, uh, I, I abandoned that search. So why can you talk about and remember Janet without having your fucking nosebleed? But James over here is having a hissy fit every time I say you Janet. I'm not sure. I, the whole time I knew James, there were certain things about him that just... His past doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And I tried to work with him on it, but I'm not a psychologist. Um, yeah, but this is your like partner, right? Like your your like intellectual partner, and you're like uh huh uh huh partner, like yes, um, yeah. And it was it was certainly always a something that I wondered about, and we you know searched for answers for for uh, a number of years, but he was happy and I didn't want to pry dig something up that was painful. So what was Saul's incurable disease? He didn't have one. I'm just confused as to why he got volunteered for this whole you know, brain bullshit if it seems like the rest of you guys only jumped on the train if you had no other option. Well, I mean James was a scientific mind. He was interested in creating the phoenix chips for scientific purposes and i wasn't sick when i started the project either i had aspirations to do good just like he did it wasn't until you know i started to get sick that james started to pour himself into the work and in hopes that it would help me 
I'm just gonna look over at Saul. And just say, you know, Saul, you're a good thing you're not James. Because if you were still James, probably kick your head in a lot more than Janet's doing right now from the inside. Saul's, like, been very quiet the entire time, and he's trying not to listen, but he is catching everything that everyone's saying, and he's remembering. He's remembering, like, the nights of hard work being poured into enslaved over, like, this kind of scientific research. Um, he remembers, and like, the anguish, the pain of, like, watching, realizing your partner is, like, slowly dying and trying to do everything he can to, like, help them. But every time he starts to, like, think too hard about it, he just hears that phrase, what are we gonna do about Janet? And all the memories get fuzzy. Everything kinda is like like uh, oil on a uh, projector screen, like that kind of like seventies ish trippy oil thing. It just his memories start to distort like that, and and it, it's almost like he's looking through uh, tears when he tries to remember it all, and it's just very hard to remember. And like he he understands that Abel has talked to him, and he like kind of comes back into focus when. She says, you know, kick his head in. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we should we should find the bad guy and kick his head in. Um, and then Phoebe walks over and she looks into your hands uh, and she goes, oh, you found me pants. Yeah, I found some pants. Thanks. Yeah. Um, Just kind of gives you like a knowing touch on the shoulder. Say, say, thank you, um, Phoebe. I, uh, hey, I can I do a... a- Bad. Can I do a human perception roll on that on that whole interaction just now? Sure. To get a gauge of like how comfortable Saul is and how like just the, the I wanna know all about their body language. I wanna know. Can you show me? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Um you definitely you definitely pick up that like Phoebe. Phoebe has been through this before, like this this interaction. Uh, with probably James a number of times um, where something has just, you know, set him, set him on edge, triggered him in some way. Um, and she's just doing her best to distract him from it, uh, to, to kind of ground him in reality. Saul is also in regards to that too. And like regards to the, I guess any budding form of body language, like he is pleased in a weird way, like he's he's happy that, um, you know, Phoebe is real. That like he's being grounded by this actual real life person, but he's also very, very, very cautious and also kind of like weirded out by everything. That's that's all he's feeling. Um, Abel's just gonna watch Saul for the rest of her time with him for any moments of like. She's specifically going to watch him for any moments of clarity and any sort of behavior that seems subversive. Like, like you're concerned that, that he's being manipulated. Yeah, or that I'm being manipulated. Sure, sure, understood. I, I, can, I can follow that logic. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, because I've just realized that whatever power dynamic is between the three of us, I am now outnumbered, so... Yes. You're like, all right, all this, all these, you know, these past lives that we all live together, right? Yep, yep. (laughs) Crazy shit, huh? Assuming third wheel status starting 
No. If we had t-shirts, that would be a t-shirt. Yeah. You're able to scrounge together a uh, an outfit for her. Um, it's kind of just like a... It's almost like a like a wetsuit um, that she's put now put on underneath her underneath Abel's jacket. Um, there are no shoes, but uh, she's you know just comfortable enough to 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 go barefoot. At least she has pants on. After you do that, uh, you look over in the corner and there's like a um, there's like a dolly, like the the kind of dolly that you would like you know, carry a bunch of boxes in on mm-hmm. if you were like a Amazon worker or something. Ooh. Saul's going to go over to it and he's going to start poking around with it and see what kind of like crates and or other things in here that, you know, he could empty out that are roughly human sized. Abel, I think I got an idea for how we can get past those guards. Yeah. I'm going to see what he's doing. And... Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. I'll, um, I mean, I think, I think we're running short on time. So if you're gonna put Becky back in a box, better do it fast. Okay, we'll we'll move quick. I just hope Soyvangi is is doing okay. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I mean, like, what's what's the odds that they forcibly get kicked out of the net twice in a row? I mean, probably pretty low. Yeah, right? I mean, they're the they're the best net runner, you know, this side of the New Mississippi. And they got, like, that Hellfire deck thing, right? Yeah, um, was... We're saying this as we're, like, stacking up crates that with at least one that that Phoebe can fit into. I'll let uh, kind of Saul lead the way on that with a jerry rig. Okay. Uh, do, do. That is a 6 plus 10 is 16. Okay. Yeah, you're able to you're able to to scrape together like I mean, it's just like four boxes that you've stacked and cut holes through uh and like taped it all together so that you could just like put it over um <laughs> you could just put it over uh Claudia or not Claudia, Phoebe. Um and uh she's now she's now a a stack of boxes. <laughs> All right, now we just got to be, like, really quiet and um, not alert anybody, because if we do, then they'll have little, like, exclamation marks over them. And that's yeah, bad. don't pull a Janet. Stop that. Ow. <laughs> Please. All right, time to crawl through the entire facility as a, as boxes. Can I roll for scurry? Oh, a scurry check? A scurry check. One of those famous scurry checks? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is jacking back in. You get to this first level um, where you entered, and the your surround the surroundings are like just glitching out. 
like everything everything that um kind of like in a path that you that you made is just like kind of glitching and and uh, there'll be there'll be like cubes that are floating in the air, and then they'll just like blink out of existence and blink back in somewhere else. Wow, this is new. Okay, so from she inches forward. Uh, she takes a step on one of the like glitchy things just to see what happens. She kind of touches it with her over her toe spike. Yeah, it it just kind of dissolves away. So from she takes a look, look around. And kind of prepares for any surprises as she's making her way to the elevator. Yeah, you get up to the uh, second floor um, where the Dweller was. And uh, Aquamarine is just standing uh, with its with their back to you um, in one of the corners. Uh, and when you enter the room, they just kind of like turn and just shamble uh around there's glitching going on all around this room as well oh wow would you look at that you're now a zombie huh i wonder how you've become infected oh my god uh side note wait does siphon g have anything to do with that i know all of my attacks have infect right yeah um why don't you this is gonna be an interesting role i gotta figure out what applies here um well let's go with deduction I'm gonna deduct and see what happens. I got some deduction for you right here. Okay, so I'm guessing that there is somebody else who probably has an emulated Hellfire deck that got there before me and infected this person. That's what I'm guessing. That's not canon. That's a demi guess. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, give you give me the roll. <laughs> Get it. Okay, I rolled a six, so that's sixteen. Um, so this very much it looks similar to. Um, kind of the scene that you found um, that you found uh, dark matter in like dark matter's zombie um, and it kind of like the more you think about it the more you start to question whether or not um, the like a great net cr- net crash um, happened because of like corporations bombing each other to shit in the net or if it had something to do with the Hellfire deck. So Sorifanji looks around, looks at the zombie, starts to question if the Hellfire deck is what it's called because anywhere it goes it just creates a hellish hellscape and the real power doesn't come from the ability to crack the net but comes from the ability simply to corrupt and wonders if she enjoys this realization or not. So then, uh, she tests out her theory to see if she can control the, the aquamarine zombie. What happens? Um, nothing. It's just kind of ambling around. Okay, so is it her zombie? You would assume no. Yeah, because I thought I could create zombie minions, but if it's not my minion, then... Okay. So, sorry, Fungi wonders, okay, maybe this doesn't have anything to do with my Hellfire deck. Maybe there's something else going on. Um, Sorfoji kind of just walks up to Aquamarine, stares at it with a pitying face, and just coldly says, I would do do you the favor of taking you out, but since you jacked me out, I guess you can stay here for a while longer. 
even if that means forever. And then she just walks past it and goes towards the elevator to the next floor. Okay. Floor number three. Uh, okay, I'll count that as a net action. Uh, floor number three is um, two systems. Uh, one looks like door locks and one looks like camera control. And uh, they're both glowing green. Okay, um, so Fungi just kind of like smirks and then just kind of thinks to herself, hmm, maybe Mommy Dearest isn't that bad after all, and then continues on to the next floor. Uh, this next floor is um, definitely like, uh, definitely greener than the last one. Um, and in that room, uh, you see Teal is like pacing back and forth with their uh their hands on their avatar's head and they see you enter and get a really surprised look on their face and then they're like god what did you do to aquamarine she's gone hmm. let's just say that she's dazed and confused and if you stand in my way you'll be next so if aquamarine couldn't stop me do you really think you can Teal, Teal says, Soifengji, look, I, I know we never got along, um, you know, back when you were running missions for Yellow, but this, whatever you're tampering with, it's not good. You, you need to stop. <laughs> I've been told my entire life what to do by the likes of Sahara, and I'm not going to let it happen again. You can either stand in my way and become collateral, or you can step aside and make it out of this alive. It's up to you, but either way, I'm getting around you or I'm getting through you. I... I won't be... I won't stand in your way. I... I, I can't say the same for Lime and Yellow Green. Uh, their loyalties are pretty clear, but I have no, I have no fight with you. I don't want this. Whatever it is to you, did to Aquaman is is terrifying. And they're just gonna disappear. Cool. All right. Um, Surfing G is kind of feeling herself right now. She's feeling real powerful. And it's kind of getting to her head, but she's going with it. And she just kind of confidently strides forward to the next floor. The finale is officially here. It might take six or seven episodes to cover the exciting conclusion to this cyberpunk story, but rest assured it will be well worth your time. Because of this momentous occasion, I will keep the ads brief. You know I could use your support on Patreon and social media, so if you have the funds, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash roll underscore warriors. $5 a month is all it takes to get you that sweet bonus content. Liking the episodes on Podbean, following us on Twitter, and spreading the word about our cool show to your friends and family are all quick and easy ways to help us out. All right. Like I said, brief. Enjoy the rest of the episode. The next chamber that you enter, um, it's kind of like a... The, the room is dark. There is kind of like a, a large wave, wave pool in the middle of just kind of like black water. 
there's just like little ripples that'll um, kind of swirl around. You can see the doorway at the at the far end, uh, and just kind of like a little stepping stone, uh, bunny hop trail uh, across the water. Okay, so Fenzi is kind of digging the vibe here, and kind of like wants to know who the decorator is and if she should hit them up. And as she keeps as she keeps walking, uh, I guess she makes her way to the bunny hop and just kind of daintily steps and like hops into the first thing the first stone and like what happens uh the the stone um glows red and you can hear like a kind of like an alarm noise and then um up from the water shoots uh tentacles that grab to uh all of the like the sides of the wall and hoists up this humongous kraken from the deep, uh, and yeah, that's it's gonna it's gonna fight you. Oh, okay. Well, that's definitely not what I was expecting. Um, this is a black ice, right? Yes, a kraken. That is very very scary because I think that's one of the strongest ones. The only one stronger than Kraken is Dragon, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're about they're about equal. Okay, and my little black ice ain't really gonna do shit. Um. Okay, and since I'm mostly anti personnel, there isn't much I can do. Okay, so I'm gonna use my first net action to turn on armor. Okay. Now used two or three. Okay, and I still have three left, right? Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, Surfer G is just going to just d- do what she can do, and that is z- she goes zap it. Okay. Surfer G, um, in this moment is also questioning her like overconfidence, and I rolled an eighteen. I realizes that she should have packed at least one anti-black ice program, but didn't. Uh, eight, eight, 18 will hit. Okay, cool. Oh, is this that one Sahara exclusive black ice program? Yes. Lord. Okay. Um, this is not, this program is not found in any other security system in the world. Wow. So they're the only ones that have a Kraken. That's cool. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. I only rolled a three. I'm scared. Okay, three damage. All right. All right. Um, but you still have two net actions. Okay. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. Okay. So Fungi is going to look around to see if there's anything. Um, can I use like Pathfinder to see if there's anything on this level that could give me a van- an advantage against this thing? Um, you mean like a like a magic weapon or something that they put in so that you could you could kill it and move on? Um, there, so Pathfinder is not really useful for that sort of thing. Um, yeah, you, you have. I mean, you have other options. You've got slide. Uh, you've got. Um, you know, cloak. You've got your other programs. Oh my god! Okay, so I'm looking at my programs here, and I realized that I do have an anti-ice program. 
and I'm super happy. Um, the program that I have is Killer. Killer is an anti-ice program, right? Uh, anti-program. Black Ice. Does, deals 46 damage to a program. Ooh, I knew I didn't come unprepared. Fuck yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember, I was like, I saw Killer in like my little deck and I hadn't used it and I was wondering why I put it there. And then I, rem- I remember about the, the info about the exclusive Black Ice program. And I was like, oh yeah, that's what that's for. Okay, so, Surfer, she has her head back in gear. And, um, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and fucking kill her this thing. Okay, so we discussed your killer before looking like a, kind of like a white, uh, yeah, Yukiona. Now, when it reses, um, it's got like a, it's kind of two times bigger with like bulging muscles um, and kind of like claws and and talons. And uh, it's got a Oni face with the big like teeth that uh, curve away from its mouth. So she's become Yuki Oni? (laughs) Yes, it's a Yuki Oni. I love it. I love every second of this. Alright, Saifoji, like, dramatically raises her arm to the sky and says, Listen, beast, I have a mission to accomplish and nothing in this world or in this net is going to stop me. You may be exclusive, and the best thing about exclusive is the world's not going to miss you. And then she just kind of, like, directs. Yuki Oni towards Kraken to do its thing. Alright. Uh, yeah, give give me an attack roll with, with Killer. Alright, I rolled... Okay. Okay. I rolled a 16. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's gonna hit. Give me that damage. 17. 17. Cool, so we've done an even 20. Um, in two attacks. And this thing has to make a roll now because of Hellfire's Infect. Uh, <laughs> it's a five. Okay, so um, you can see the uh, Kraken starting to glitch. And um, its, its tentacles uh, actually turn into, like, big fuzzy socks. <laughs> Sarfoji just starts cracking up. And she's like, oh my god, are you transforming into a plushy toy? How cute. Can I keep you afterwards if I use my big claw to grab you? And she's referring to Yukioni. And... Alright. If I'm doing my math correct, that is six actions. Okay. Yep. I think that's... Call up killer and then you launch killer to attack. So, um... So, it's Kraken's turn to retaliate. Alright, come on, Kraken. Okay. What can I do with plushy tentacles though? I'm still ready. Um, well, if you read your uh if you read your, your Hellfire stats, you'll notice five or six says the glitch visibly alters the program in unexpected ways, but leaves it otherwise functioning. Right. That is true. Okay, so it can still fuck me up. Okay, I'm ready. Yes. <laughs> so uh that's a twenty two to attack. Wait, I have to roll a twenty two? <sighs> yep. Oh shit! I got a I I rolled a ten, baby. Uh, I got eighteen. That's it. It's about to fuck okay. me up. 
you take 12 damage, and until the end of your next turn, you cannot progress deeper into the architecture or a jackout safely as this thing wraps you in tentacles and starts to squeeze. Or fuzzy socks and starts to squeeze. Oh, so plushy, so soft, <laughs> so sleepy. <laughs> so Fungi is very visibly uncomfortable because she's still being wrapped up in fuzzy tentacles. Um, she's going to use one of her net actions um, to direct Yukioni to like attack the tentacles that are wrapped around her. Can she do that? Um, I mean. Game mechanic-wise, no, but you could definitely, like, say that that's what you do, um, and in our mind's eye, we can see the Yukioni uh, do it. Otherwise, it's just an attack on the program. Okay, cool. Well, Yukioni is going for the tentacles. 10, 25? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely going to hit. And take that, ha ha ha, 13. 13. Okay. Yeah. So killer, um, goes for the tentacles, uh, with its huge hammer, brings it down, um, and explodes the tentacles. The explosion continues to cascade, uh, down and, uh, into the Kraken. Um, and then like the whole, uh, room begins to shake. Oh, okay. So, ah! (sighs) okay. So Frenzy is looking around, um, what's happening? Uh, is anything collapsing or is it just shaking? It's just, it's just shaking. It's, it's kind of hard to stay on these little, on this path. Um, but, uh, the, the other, otherwise the, the path to the next room is clear. Okay. It died. Fuck yeah. Okay. Um, Yukioni is still rezzed, right? Yes. Okay. So, Sorfungi walks up to Yukioni, looks at it licks it in the eye, touches its oni face, and then derezzes it. So we've got Saul's girlfriend, possible wife, but he's not ready to talk about that in a box, mm-hmm. wheeling yep. her out on a dolly. Yep. Yep. As it should be, you know, because when you and when you got problems, you just put them in a box and you don't think about it. Put them in a box. Put that box inside another box. Mm-hmm. I got my girl in a box. Okay. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you guys roll her past um, all the guards on this floor. Uh, when you get to the guy at the security checkpoint, he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, all that's going back up to uh, titanium? It looks more than what it is. It's really just one, two, three. Is one like giant box? It's just a lot of, a lot of like technology stuff. I, I'm just looking down at my watch and saying, I, I didn't think it was time for me to explain myself to an underling. I thought it was just like seven fifteen. Uh, he'll get like a sheepish look on his face and say, "Oh, it's uh, carry on." Thanks, bud. You're doing a good job. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep walking. I'm ignore. I'm ignoring him. I'm trying to make him feel like a tiny, tiny man in a tiny, tiny hallway. You have awakened something in this this guard, Jesse. I hope you know that. He's got one of those uh, uh, Dean Pelton moments where he's like, "I hope this doesn't awaken something in me." <laughs> <laughs> and it did. <laughs> and it did. Okay, 
So yeah, you, you guys hop back into um, the elevator, which you can take to the main floor. There's a lot of elevators in this, I realize. That's fine. I mean, it's it's a big, like, industrial complex. Such as man's greatest invention is what you meant to say. <laughs> does, um, while we're in the elevator, does, like, the power get all funky or weird due to, like, anything going on in the net space? No. Okay. I mean, we don't know about it, so just wondering if, if yeah. those... Yeah, you have no idea what's going on with Suifang G. Hey. Hey. Phoebe. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. How long do you think it'll take to get the chips removed once we get into the actual, you know, office? Well, you guys kind of have a newer model, so uh, it's probably like... I'll have, to, I'll have to figure it out when I get there, but the, the old ones were like, uh, I don't know. 30 minute procedure okay all right that's not too bad oh shit stop talking somebody's getting on yeah like this just uh this like very very kind of uh short um asian scientist gets in uh, into the elevator uh and kind of just like gives you guys a wave an acknowledgement um and then turns and hits his floor (laughs) so so yeah and i i says to him i says but what's a fish taco without the fish? And he says, forget about it. And I realized that we were speaking in two different jokes. Oh, oh, is is that why, like, I, I know you always had, like, problems talking to your dad, but shit, I, I guess that's where the communication error yeah. lies. Ding! I think it's all because he's trying to outjoke me, and I... I can't handle it. Oh, man. The, the Asian guy will turn to you and go, is this your floor? Is it our floor? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the main It's the main lobby again. Oh, yeah, th- thanks, man. Thanks. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I just, and, and you know, and then and then he died. Oh, bummer. That's, that's a lot of emotional shit I'm probably not even ready to process, let alone you doing that. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. Huh. We'll deal with it at the funeral. At least I get the last laugh at. Morbid. Okay. Um. Are we out of earshot? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys have you guys have walked. You're almost to uh, the reach the R and D lab. Actually. Well, we had. To uh, you can see there's two uh, two guards uh, standing outside the doors of it. I just figured, like we had gotten away from the elevator, but. Abel was continuing the the communications on just to make him solve uncomfortable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, as we're approaching, any any tips on getting into there? Uh, she goes. Mm, so it's your birthday. Uh, how is that going to get us in? <clears throat> um. Good afternoon, gentlemen. We were uh, told to requisition some of these goods from the uh, archives and bring them to the R&D lab as per orders of uh, titanium. And um, it's my birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, one of the, the one on the left uh, just kind of like reaches his hand out, like extends it. Uh, what you looking for? Just start. <clears throat> Saul's very tempted to give him a fucking low five. 
He's so tempted. This is fighting every fucking urge in his body. Um, shit, we don't really have good identification on us, do we? I mean, we still have our identification, but... Uh, I'm, I feel like you didn't hear us. Um, this is orders on, on orders of titanium. And it's my motherfucking birthday. He, he goes, he goes, uh, that's very, I'm happy for you. Um, I just need to see, you know, any ID is fine. Um, I would love to give you that, sir, but, uh, as per the orders of titanium, this is on executive board member knowledge only. So if you don't want to be taken care of, as those were her words, not ours, uh, you will acknowledge our presence we will acknowledge yours, and then you'll forget everything you saw here today. Uh, that feels like a roll. Oh, um, fuck. Oh, come. That feels like a persuasion. Oh, fuck. Oh, come. Oh, ball. Oh, shit. That, okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's that's not super great, but it's not super bad. Um, was it? Six plus seven is 13? Right? Yeah, 13. Four plus three. Yeah, 13. Uh, the the two guards look at each other for a second, um, and the one on the right goes, "It is her birthday," <laughs> and then they just open the doors. Thanks, guys. Mazel tov, chaps. Yeah, have a good birthday. Fuck, I didn't know it was your birthday. Are we out of earshot of the the guards? Yeah, you're out of earshot of the guards. Uh, there's like a this research lab is full of people. They're just like all there's all sorts of stuff going on. People tinkering with different projects. How large is this research lab? Um, I would say it's roughly like it's a, I mean, stretched out probably like a gymnasium, um, but not the not a big tunnel like a gymnasium. You know, there's like turns and twists, but yeah, about gymnasium sized. Is there any like empty desk or or? like space into no, like another lab somewhere that's not being occupied. Um well there's there's certain there's definitely like um like private labs um along the like the right-hand side uh that have doors that close. Okay. Um, so I head, head that way. Okay. And while while we're headed that way, I'm going to look for I'm looking for anything that I can quote unquote accidentally break to start a fire or quote unquote accidentally blow up in a small confined explosion. Mm. Uh, like anything yeah, sh- that Saul would normally carry in his backpack is what I'm looking for. Uh, sure. Give me. Um... I have a perception. That'd be fine. Fifteen. Uh, 15, there's, um, there's a couple different things. Uh, there's like a, a prototype, um, like jet pack that somebody's working on at a table. There's, uh, various like chemicals in beakers, um, that are kind of foaming. Um, there's like a, a laser gun sitting on a table. I'm just gonna, like, as we're walking, say this all. So... Can you make a small fire and follow my lead after this use? Just, again, cause an accident. 
I mean, yeah, I can do that pretty easy. I just, I think I were a little bit conspicuous. Um, let's look around for like lab gear in one of those offices, and I bet I can definitely like, slap some stuff on and make something okay. happen. Yeah, yeah. Just maybe that's a backup plan if we can just try to find some private space. Okay. Yeah, for sure. And so I'll keep just, I guess, pushing the cart like slowly like he's lugging very heavy and important equipment over to one of yep. those offices trying to like stay yep. out of the way and like passing passing people and they're like hey on your six and it's like hot plate coming through um as they kind of just like move around you um like that nobody seems like overly concerned with you being there they're all kind of busy in their projects um, but yeah, there is like 30 people in here. If they don't give a shit, then Saul will just beam straight to that open office. And as soon as like they get in, just kind of like, are there blinds on the glass of this office or like any sort of way that they can, you know, Abel and Saul can obscure vision? Uh, there's not blinds. Um, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a um, a soundproof door. Uh, there's like a, a probably like a two inch um, by six inch glass pane in the middle of the door um, that just has you know you you can it's a slit so you can look in and see um, just kind of is the light on are there people inside uh, kind of deals. Okay. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, and then. If Saul notices that there's nobody in there, like, completely, just get in, get out of sight, and maybe shove, like, a chair or something underneath the door handle once everyone's in. You can certainly do that. Or just, you know, lock the door. Give it so that we have enough space that we can, like, kind of move away from the window, move stuff around, and then if push comes to shove, like, either Saul or Abel can... Saul would... Actually, Saul would, he would, right after, um, he would start looking for lab gear, like lab attire, so he looks like a scientist, um, so that when the operations do start, Abel would be the first one to go. She'll be able to get her, the chip removed from her head first. You know what? Let's just do wardrobe and style. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because the first thing it says is skill of knowing the right clothes to wear, when to wear them, and how to look cool even in a space. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see what the that's going to come out to be. All right. That's, I mean, I, it's nothing if not consistent, I guess. Um, middle is always a fun place to be. So that's 11. Six plus five. Uh yeah, you you can find a lab coat. There's a there's like a stain on this one. Um, the some like the last user discarded it into like a like a dirties bin. Mm. Um, to be taken out by laundry at a later date. Uh, but you just kind of rifle through there and grab one. It's a little bit wrinkled. Um, but uh, yeah, you you slap that on. Um, and you're 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 convincingly dressed in a lab coat solid and then i guess as uh Saul helps abel um kind of like move the boxes and get phoebe out i'll just say hey um okay we're in the r&d lab 
I, yes, I can see that. In, oh, wow. It's uh, certainly changed since. Hmm. Oh, wow. Is that a spanner? Nice. It, She's just kind of like <laughs> looking around the room. Hey, 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 hey. Focus. Is there, um, do you think there's enough equipment in here for, like, at least in this office for you to do what you got to do to get that chip out of uh, Abel's head first? Uh, she looks around um, the room and she's she's like checking tools and opening drawers. Um, she goes, okay, I need one thing. Um, it's going to be about like uh, yay big. And she kind of like puts her fingers out um, it, roughly like the size of like a screwdriver. Uh, and sh- she's just like, um, it's a, it's an, uh, a hydraulic spanner. I need, I need it, um, to, uh, open you guys up without, uh, killing you. So kind of super important. Um, there should be one lying around somewhere. Uh, and she kind of like draws you a, a rough picture of it on a napkin. And she goes, if you could just, if you could find one for me, uh, sorry. No, that's, that's fine. Um, Abel, do you want to hold down the fort while I try to find this thing out? Or, like, what do you want to do? Yeah, just so, um, come here a second and look at this message from Sufanji. Phoebe, hold on. I'm I'm sorry. Just give me a minute. Okay. Um, and on my phone, I'll just have typed out, like, Plan after chips removed? Question mark. Out on my phone. Uh, Saul will kind of like shrug his shoulders and say, "I, I thought we were gonna get out of here after Soy, you know, does her thing. I thought, you know, the the out plan was um her causing enough of a scene, you know, but it's been kind of hard to talk to Soy because you can't really." communicate with her uh hold on and I'm gonna type out on my phone once that happens if we die we die for real we need to get out fast and then I'll just type trust her question mark so we'll like nod his head we'll make sure I mean we're in a lab I'm sure we could set something off like you were saying push comes to shove I guess Sufanji will just have to figure it out. Oh, Sufanji. I'll, I'll, I'll hold on the fort while you find whatever doohickey okay. she's got. And uh, show me that picture real quick. Uh, yeah. So I will show her the picture of like this spanner thing. It looks like a big old screwdriver fork mixture. Can I do a um, <clears throat> concentration? Well, maybe... A perception roll to see if I can kind of say, yeah, I think there was somebody at the far table that had something like that. Like, see if I can um, give any guidance to Saul for his search. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be a basic tech roll. God, that looks like. I feel like I saw that. A twelve. Uh, twelve. Um, this kind of tool seems like it's probably more likely to be used. Um over by where like that uh the jetpack was being worked on yeah you know i think i feel like i've seen scrap guys use this kind of thing on on like finicky tech or something i would i would check with the 
the jetpack, dude. First. Okay. That yeah, sounds good. I'll I'll go straight there. And after that, Saw so will kind of like give a little salute and then bop out of the door before like coming back in the door and grabbing a pair of like safety goggles off a hook that were hanging by the door. And then he'll close it again. Yep. And go out into the wild, wild mechanical west. Just watching that, um, Abel's going to look over at Phoebe and just be like, I guess James is coming back a little bit. How so? Saul doesn't give a shit about safety glasses. <laughs> you notice that too. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, he was, James was kind of reckless too, but uh, he, he knew, he knew proper procedures in the lab at the very least. Although I will tell you about this one time um, with a box of jelly donuts and then she'll just start regaling you a story. Uh, meanwhile, um, Saul has closed the door behind him uh, and like immediately um, you have to like duck out of the way as somebody kind of just uh, comes by quickly with uh, like some sort of energy sword. It's it's a yeah, it's just like a weird glowing sword. Um, and he's like, oh, careful, that'll cut your arms clean off <laughs> and just kind of uh, walks off towards his workstation. Um, yeah, and people are just kind of still deep in work. Saul so will kind of just walk as quickly and uh, I guess as carefully over to the area where the jetpack research is being done but he's also getting like weird feelings the entire time he's here like just a the strangest sense of deja vu in the world like he has dreamt of this before he has been here he has walked these hallways and it really knowing that it's not just like deja vu that it's probably like past memories coming to surface are really kind of throwing him for a loop but also like he feels more comfortable the more he walks and the more he's in this laboratory, but also like when he's not thinking outright, there's certain physiological like reactions that are going on. Like, so he knows that, um, a corner drawer like always pops out whenever you put too much weight on one of the desks and he kind of like dodges it. Um, he knows that there's like a I don't know a, a shitty spot on the ground somewhere and just kind of like stays away from it. Yeah, I'll also say to like to that effect, kind of um, you you also remember kind of like oh there's Johnson when you know I I I chewed him out for missing a deadline. Um, he was like three weeks late on his project, uh, and then you like kind of stop at a at a workstation that you remember having like a um, kind of a heated debate with uh one of your other lab techs um because you know james used to james used to be the guy that came in and made sure everyone was on time and getting their projects done correctly and consulting when needed um but you make it to the jetpack uh station uh without any incident uh are there any techs right at the moment working on the jetpack uh no the the this workstation seems to be like it's uh, empty at the moment. Okay, so we'll look around first for the spanner, and then if he finds it, he wants to inspect the uh, the jetpack really quickly. 
Sure. There's definitely a spanner um, sitting with the tools uh, like on this, on this kind of side table, like all of the tools are arranged um, kind of alphabetically and they're all lined up kind of perfectly in a neat line. So it doesn't take you three seconds. You're like, Oh, yep, there it is. Okay. Um, Saul would like to take a look at the jetpack and see if he can't, start like maybe a little bit of a slow leak in the tanks um if you could time it right so it's about ah <sighs> phoebe said uh, so uh, a slow leak that would take about an hour or so for the gas to build up so that there is enough of uh enough gas to ignite if met by like an outside flame sure it definitely sounds like demolitions sweet okay Let's see what we got. So that's 24. Sure. You like, um, you just, uh, kind of look this thing over for a minute, notice like the elegance of its design and then see like the fatal flaw and you just kind of unhook. There's just like this one wire that connects to, um, like the coolant system and, uh, just leave it sitting almost as if it's touching still, um, and uh, you hear behind you go, someone say, what are you doing? I was... Uh, you turn around and there's like a kind of a younger um, woman with kind of frazzy hair uh, who's just kind of like got her hands deep in her pockets. Uh, I, I'm the new intern. Uh, Jameson sent me over to check the integrity of this. Um, he told me he needed a spanner. And so I just came to grab one, and he also wanted to make sure that, like, nothing was going on. He said that somebody was doing adjustments to his uh, his jetpack after hours. Uh, well, this is my jetpack project, and uh, Jameson's got to stay 10 feet away from me and not send his little lackeys after that legal dispute we had last month. So run along. Um, I guess... If you can give me the spanner back before uh, close end of day today, I, I have some adjustments to make. Yes, ma'am. I, I only need it for about like an hour or so. All right. Yeah, seriously, though, don't listen to anything Jameson says. He's a fucking creep. You know, I kind of got that vibe, but I'm just I'm just here for the, you know, college credits. <laughs> well, can't say I miss those times. And she's just going to start... Uh, tinkering with her jetpack okay yeah so we'll, we'll get the fuck out of there as quick as possible and he will also be very surprised like what the fuck was that that i just said and because he also felt a very strong conviction when he said like jameson like he knew somebody named jameson yep exactly it's it's this you're just like i remember things wait i remember things kind of things your body your body knows or your subconscious pulls it out, uh, and your conscious mind is like trying to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, it definitely it definitely makes him kind of queasy as he walks back, kind of noticing the same sort of like just small body based idiosyncrasies. Like, oh yeah, that um, that's the spot where uh, you know, the acid leaked four years ago or something like that.
across this pond, um, the shaking has stopped and um, can take the elevator to the next floor. At the, t- at the floor six, um, it looks to be like a control terminal for uh, drones. Okay. So this lets us, like, control the drones. Yes. The- okay, do I... Is there something that I have to, like, break through, like a wall or, like, a data thing or any of that? I mean, you just killed a kraken, so... Yeah, this is my feel- reward. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like the, the drone to controls is a gimme after two dwellers, a uh, wisp, and a kraken. Right, but you know, this is Sahara. They want you to, like, let your guard down. And before I know, I'm getting, like, brain wiped <laughs> as I try to touch these controls. Okay. Alright, so I'm going to, um, is there a way to, like, switch the, what the drones recognize as an enemy to, like, Sahara employees? Um, uh, give me just, like, a, a control check. That's one of your skills, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. I rolled a five. Fifteen? Fifteen? Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you're able to, to, uh, grab the stick, as it were. Alright, I grab that shit, that stick, and I hold it very tightly, but gently, and then I maneuver it to whatever I need, wherever I need to maneuver it to take, make those drones start attacking Sahara employees on site. Sure. Uh, so yeah, how it'll, I think it'll just work mechanically is that there's there's 12 large air drones. Um, they're each equipped with a VH pistol uh, with eight rounds and cameras. Um, there's a display, um, with all of, like, each of the cameras, uh, attached to these drones, um, that you can view, and, um, they're just going to, they're going to start scanning, um, the immediate area for humans with, like, Sahara identification tags, and take them out. Yes! Alright, let the chaos in... Carnage begin. Okay, cool. All right. So Fungi feels very like. Oh, oh. Okay, she has one more thing to do. Okay, so, um, is there any? Does can she control like one specific drone? Um, you can. Uh, yeah. If you use a net action, yeah, uh, you can grab a hold of just like the reins of one of these things. Okay, she just wants to like specifically send one of the drones after her mother. Okay, so you're gonna just, like, send it to the executive suite? Oh, yeah, to take out her mom. Just, huh. So that's that's that floor. Just a big empty room with a, a drone-controlled terminal on it. Okay. Um. So I leave, I guess I use another action to ascend to the next floor. Okay. Um. There is a large data wall just outside of the store. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure the other dwellers are alerted that I'm inside and kind of, like, wreaking havoc, so I guess I don't really need to use Worm to break it down quietly, right? Um, that'd be a fair assessment. I mean, Teal knew that you had zombified Aquamarine, so if Teal knew, Lime and Yellow Green probably know, too. Yeah, okay, so I'm just gonna, like, make quick work of this thing and use one of my net actions to res Yukioni again. Uh, okay. And then have her smash the wall. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I, I don't, you don't need to roll it. It doesn't, the 
the wall doesn't have a, you know, <laughs> it can't dodge. Right. <laughs> so, okay. And what's behind the data wall? Uh, just the do- door to the next floor. Oh, cool. Okay. So I'm going to leave Yuki Oni rezzed. Um, and then just have her follow me to the next floor. When you get to the next floor, there, this, this room, um, is like 50% lime and 50% yellow green split down the middle. And there are two floating avatars. One is lime, one is yellow green on their respective sides. Um, and they are both going to speak to you at the same time. Um, and say, Soifangji, you should not be meddling with that deck. And Soifangji is going to respond, Oh, great, creepy twins. This just got a whole lot more interesting. Okay, so which one of you is the brains, and which one of you are the bronze? Or do either of you even have brains? Are you just like a collective consciousness that just exists between two bodies? Like, how do you work? We are separate individuals. The net merely grants us the ability to join our efforts. Lime and yellow-green operate as one within the net space. I see. I see. So even though you both are separate entities, and the va- you use the vast power of the net to turn yourselves into one being. Okay. A little lacking in imagination, but I I appreciate the theatri- the theatrics. So this is how this is gonna go. Lime and yellow green. You are now fired. I'm taking over whatever this is, and I think I'll deem myself chartreuse. Um, you're no longer needed. I will give you the same opportunity that I gave teal, and that is to stand down. If not, you will be destroyed. And so, what are you gonna do? They're, they will speak and say, Teal is a spineless coward, not fit to wear their colors. You will not leave this, this chamber alive, and we will deliver your head to Mr. Yellow. Uh, and they are going to attack first because you are out of net action. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Fair? Fair. Fair. So... Um, one or lime is going to activate armor. Yellow green is going to activate flak, and then yellow green is going to um, uh, do a nerve scrub on you, and lime is going to try to poison flatline. Oh, okay. They are really going in with the fucking programs, huh? Okay. Um. Yep. All right, so we'll do we'll do nerve scrub first to see if that's successful. That'll be a fifteen. You got to beat. Okay, oh, that was easy. Seventeen. Okay, so that is ineffective. Um, poison flatline will be fourteen. Wow. Okay, I guess they're really low tier, huh? All right, sixteen. So, um, you see, like, they, they both, like, res their separate armor, um, and then, uh, kind of at the, in the same movement, they both, like, shoot opposite arms out towards you and fire off their programs, uh, and you just kind of, like, um, do, like, a running, uh, flip 
and dodge uh, both as they kind of like scar the floor. Then uh, their third actions each, um, Yellow Green is going to uh, try to vriz uh, bolt, and uh, Lime will try another Poison Flatline. Okay. Yeah. So Poison Flatline's coming in with a uh, 14. Okay. Because apparently I can't roll anything but a fucking one. Wow. Oh, I rolled 14 exactly. Does that mean I beat it? Or does the attacker get the, like, advantage? Um, in, in terms of, yeah, it's attacker gets, attacker gets advantage. Okay. Okay, so you have, um, six programs and one of, let's see. Oh my god, that's gonna destroy one of my programs? At random, yes. Um. Oh lord. I need a d4. Worm is one, armor is two, hellbolt is three, deck crash is four. Okay. Two. Your armor is destroyed. Oh damn, that's what I had rest too. Yep. Um, okay, and then the other, then Yellow Green's Vrizbolt is coming in. Shit, it's also a 14. God damn it, these dice can't roll above a 1, I swear. <laughs> Alright, so, very low tier, I'm loving this. 15, <laughs> Okay, alright, so you dodge the Vrizbolt, but get hit with the Poison Flatline, which, uh, destroys your armor. Damn, okay, that's a cinematic, I'm liking this. <laughs> Those are just shattered dramatically. Okay. Yes. Damn. Okay. And I can't even re-res it because it's gone. Yep. But it is your turn now. Okay. Well, I am... They will all pay. They will all pay. Okay. So... I can use Black Ice against people, right? Or is that only... Um... Yeah, you could use, uh... You could use your, uh, Hellhound... Wait, what? Oh, wait, Yukioni. Yukioni is a anti-program. That's what I thought. Okay, damn. But Hellhound is anti-personal, so. Okay, um, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna use Hellhound, so I'm gonna use a net action to res it. I assume you you still have, uh, the, you still have killer resed, um, but you could, you could have them both, presumably. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and have Hellhound attack. The po- the one that keeps using poison flatline, because I'm taking this motherfucker out. That'd be lime. Lime. Looks like I'm turning hell howl into lime away. And I'm gonna sick him on on lime. And okay, so nineteen. Nineteen. Yeah, that hits. Cause I rolled another one. This is four in a row. Do you understand how crazy this is? This is wild. I feel like it's the Hellfire deck corrupting even you. <laughs> my dice are glitching okay i got 11 so that is going to derez their armor uh and they will take uh zero damage okay Do, wait it doesn't wait are any of them insulated they're supposed to catch on fire if they're not insulated well I mean, yes, they are. Uh, the other thing is that um, armor reduces brain damage by four and has a res of seven. So, yeah, if you deal, if you dealt eleven damage, it did it. It destroyed the armor, and then the brain damage that would have been carried over was four, so it reduced it completely. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so what does being insulated even mean? Uh, that just means like it's um, it, it's got like a. I don't know, styrofoam in there or something. I, it's, 
it's 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 got something that like is a is a fire control system in the interface itself. Okay, no worries. Okay, so did both lime and yellow green? They so they take damage together. No, no, no. You attacked lime. Okay, that's what I thought. So, all right. So let me yeah. let me fuck up lime some more. I'm gonna use another action, especially with his armor being destroyed. I'm gonna go ahead and hit this bitch with a hellbolt. Okay. And all right, with hellbolt, I'm gonna use one hellbolt versus. Lime, and then I'm gonna try to deck crash, um, yellow green just to kind of keep the combat one on one, and try to take okay. out lime before yellow green gets back. All right, so give me a, give me an attack roll. Okay. All right, seventeen. Seventeen does not beat by twenty. Oh, ooh. Okay. Um. So was that the hellbolt one or the deck crash one? That was the hellbolt. Okay. I'm doing them in order that you say them. <laughs> All right, so now deck crash. Okay, nineteen. Uh, yeah, nineteen will hit. <sighs> okay, cool. I do a. Okay, so do you roll the d six to determine how many turns they're going to be out for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. Okay. Uh, it's five. Ooh, five turns. I'm about to fuck lime up. Okay, cool. Alright, so, um, Seifengi just, like, smirks at yellow, at yellow-green, and just, like, cheekily waves goodbye as he's, like, deck-crashed and ejected. I'm also gonna have Lime, I forgot to do this, I'm gonna have Lime make a, um, infect avoidance roll. Okay. Oh, they're gonna take ongoing damage. Ooh, ha ha ha. Ooh, so I get to slowly corrupt the lime and watch it wilt into a shriveled rind. I'm with it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, okay. So you've used four net actions. Yeah, okay. So now I'm just going to, like, go all out on lime and, like, try to hit him with two hell bolts. Okay. We'll do one at a time. Yeah, those will be my final two net actions. Seventeen. Seventeen. So you hit. Ooh, hell yeah. Okay, so that's going to be 2d6. So 8. 8 damage, okay. Um, and then he has to do another infect avoidance. Or wait, does the infect stack? No, no, no. So once they're infected, they just take ongoing damage. But you have you have a second bolt to shoot, so... Yay, finally a 10! Okay, 25. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hits. <laughs> Finally, I was like, what am I going to fucking roll a 10? <laughs> Go ahead and add your your extra d6. Ooh. Okay, I got 13 damage. It's their turn, so they're going to take 6, or they're going to take a d6, so 3 damage from being infected. Uh, and now, um, yeah, they're just going to, they're just going to try to poison flatline you again. Hmm. At least they're smart trying to take out my programs. Okay, that's a 21. Okay, I got a 17, so I guess I'm getting hit. Okay, you've got three programs left that they can target. Uh, so, yeah, if, if I just get a four, I'll roll again. Okay, it was a three, so you lose deck crash. Okay, that's fine. It served its purpose. Okay. And yeah, they're going to they're going to res armor again. All right, so it's back to me. Yep. All right, so I have four more turns to kill this motherfucker before yellow green comes back. Yes. All right, so I'm going to 
allow Hellhounds to go in for another attack. And then I'm going to hit them with two more Hellbolts. So that'll be three of my net, net actions. And for Hellhound, I got... Ooh, only got a 14. Yeah, that's not going to hit. They rolled a 19. Ooh. Okay, sorry, Hellhound. <laughs> All right, I rolled a 19. Cool. Um, for the first... 19. So to the victor go the spoils. That's 10. 10. Okay. The second one. Yes! Haha! <laughs> Another 10. Ah, uh, feels so good. 26. Yeah, it hits. Ha ha ha. Give me that extra D6. Oh my god, I'm loving this right now. Okay. Alright, 3 plus 5 is 8, plus 2 equals 10. Oh. Oh, that was only 10 damage. Uh, it's enough. Um, you see, or you hear them, like, scream out. Uh, as their as their brain is fried. <laughs> All right, and as Lime is dying, Seraphim G starts maniacally laughing and says, "How pathetic! Return to dust so that I may truly claim my place as the top net runner in the world." And I just say that as he like fucking dies. 